Dude, I woke up at um, 4.45 a.m. Nope. That's a no <laughs> for me. I did, a, I did a very adult thing. I woke up at 4.45 a.m. And then I went to the gym and I ran for 45 minutes. Jeez. That is, that's the, probably one of the first times I've done that. I, to be fair, though, I woke up at 4.45 and I got to the gym about 6 o'clock. So it was very slow at rolling out of bed and then, and then getting there. But I, I woke up because Lauren had to wake up because she had to work Black Friday. Mm, yeah. And I so, remember those days. <laughs> so it was my job to make sure she got up. And uh, we went to bed at like 8.30 or 9. So getting up at like 4.45 wasn't difficult because I had already slept six hours at that time. But uh, I've, missed run- I've missed running. I haven't run for six months. Nothing you're saying is relatable to me <laughs> at the moment. Like I'm... <laughs> Everything I'm like, that's commendable and I cannot speak or relate to any of it. Here's the thing is I don't like I've always I never liked running like running, running. The act of running itself isn't uh, pleasurable, like the the thought of it, how I feel afterwards, but also mixed with the things I get to think about while running, because that's when my mind goes wild and I can start like daydreaming about different things for business and different ventures and things like that. Um, Those are my shower thoughts. Uh, mm. but, and then like how I feel afterwards, I feel really good afterwards or right when I'm getting, right when I'm getting done. So my doctor, uh, I guess so I get chronic migraines and, uh, I had a, just a, a regular meeting with my doctor and she recommended I listen to this podcast about, um, it was like this other doctor on it, but it was a, it was a podcast about biohacking, which I think is stupid. Oh uh, yeah. But the doctor was on it. Um, and he was talking about how anxiety and stress, can cause migraines a lot because the doctor mm. does a lot of research with it, I guess. But there was one thing that stuck out to me in it, and it was that when you have long-term goals, it's hard or almost impossible for people to stick with that without actual like drive, like constant drive. And it's easier for like short to, to receive short-term satisfaction, which then you usually don't benefit from that. So an example was short-term satisfaction would be going to McDonald's and getting a cheeseburger because it, taste beautiful and um or like eating a slice of cake or something like that because the short-term satisfaction is this is delicious i love this this feels good immediately um versus like going and uh maybe eating like a a salad or something like that which is like immediately it's not that great but like over long term you Mm. tend to feel better about yourself but it's impossible for our minds and our bodies to just instinctively recognize that Mm. because that short-term thing is is what we crave um that's what actually releases the dopamine so mm-hmm. the they gave working out as an example and they said like nobody nobody goes to work out because they see results immediately mm-hmm. and if you eat a slice of cake you don't see the negative sides immediately uh the neg- negative side effects so um your brain says well i can eat this cake that's fine but if i work out one time it's not going to do anything uh uh-huh. mm. So he said, well, in order for you to focus on working out or actually going to the gym, uh, remember what it was like to feel or remember what it was like for you when you felt after you finished working out and then crave that, like the feeling immediately after working out. Mm -hmm. So when you crave cake, you crave the taste and you'll get it as soon as you eat it. But when you when you crave to look good, Mm -hmm. you go to work out and nothing changes because you don't look good. But if you crave how you felt afterwards, then it makes it so much easier. So I went to the gym th- expecting that and thinking that, and it made actually starting to run a lot easier. And then when I got done, I was like, ah, yes, this is the feeling. <laughs> uh, so I'll probably keep it up now. 
Yeah, I don't do that at all. I don't do anything <laughs> remotely close to that. I, I'm negatively, mo or I'm, I'm motivated by the inverse is how I think. So when I want to do something, I think about how the inverse will go. And then I'm, I'm motivated by the fear of that. So like, for example, let's say growing a business or building wealth, I think of what my life will be like when I'm 50 or 60. And I've just done mediocre and not made a lot of money. And then I'm going to get old and have to retire with nothing. Like thinking that way and seeing like the scary negative consequences. So, you know, you say for health and fitness and that sort of thing, I think of like, well, what if I get, you know, old and I'm not flexible, I'm losing mobility, I have to have someone wipe my butt. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> But that's, I don't know, that's how I get uh, motivated is I think about the, but that's probably not, I think that could not be good mentally. Like, yeah, I don't think it's good for, mentally. I mean, I think everybody is motivated by different things. You and I are both motivated by negative reinforcement. Someone tells mm -hmm. us we're shitty, like we do better. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, I think fear is very inconstant. So like the minute you don't fear anything is the minute you stop doing things. And yeah. So I think it can work for you for a while, but at some point, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's the drive and the desire is gone. So if you can desire something that you can attain short term that gets you kind of a dopamine feel, or if you can remember the dopamine, then, then you can keep doing things daily without even thinking about the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. There's and, like a balance to it. Cause I think if you, you spend too much time, I don't want people to get the wrong idea that I, I live in this constant state of negativity because it's you just do. not true <laughs> <laughs> uh i it's more stoic like it's more so just like uh i, I have a constant understanding of uh i don't want to get too philosophical mm -hmm. but like like what memento mori remember your death like you will die someday so you have to mm -hmm. constantly live with that knowledge and understanding that you have to be okay with the life that you've lived so that is the phrase on the gates of the austere academy in a series of unfortunate events book number five i did not read that far i think it gets the third one did it but... five or six uh but three is the wide window that's with Anne josephine and then four is the miserable mill and then i think five is the austere academy did you read all of them uh yes how many are there 13. okay it, it, it ends with them being abandoned in like um the middle of the ocean basically that's the ending well there's a fast forward at the end where like sunny is older and she meets lemony snicket uh -huh. um or maybe this is just maybe i'm just thinking the tv show and so sunny like continues the um uh, kind of the story and like violet and klaus aren't in the picture i don't know if they're dead or what but hmm. yeah. yeah i never got that far i don't know why i just because the intro like the the beginning was always the same right was it like oh like yeah don't like don't read this turn around like yeah, so it killed me. I was like, eh, sorry, I can't. <laughs> this is... Mm -mm. I was super into that in like fifth grade, like fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. Oh, so while I was running, by the way, I thought about something. And um, I've been doing yeah. a lot. I've been doing a lot lately. Like, um, we have Never Grow. I mm -hmm. still have my full-time job. Drag on yourself a little bit. Keep going. By choice. <laughs> this. Well, this is the <laughs> point. So um, I then I was like... <laughs> I was waking up at 4.45 in the morning to go work out. But then I'm also learning uh, CSS and Spanish at the same time. And I would say doing pretty well at it. 
but then also managing our podcast. And then I am talking to a potential partner today about essentially buying into his appliance repair business as a, a COO. And uh, it reminds me of a, a friend that I had. I used to play paintball with him, but he went semi-pro in hockey, pro in League of Legends, semi-pro in paintball. Um, and he just did like literally everything. And I remember that telling him, like, he was super inspiring. I was like, how do you do all of this? Because like, I can't even manage two jobs right now in a relationship. I think my time is just killing me. And then he like had a spreadsheet of how he budgets every second of the day that he has. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. But like, I don't have the um, Asperger's enough to, I'm not Asperger's enough to do that. Like, I'm not on the spectrum. I'm not that intelligent. So like, I'm just like a human being. Um, and uh, he uh, um it was like, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to take the, the compliment. So, um, but while I was running, I realized that I don't budget my time like this. I don't have like, like hours of the day that I specifically do things. I get on Duolingo and I learn Spanish for like 15 minutes a day. I don't know which 15 minutes of those days. Sometimes I just have 15 minutes. And then I did the same thing with CSS. There's an app I can use called Solo Learn and I, I learn it that way. But uh, with the podcast, that's really just like, that's really crunch time. I don't budget for that. And that kind of bites me in the ass Thursday nights uh, when I have to edit the episode. But uh, when I was running, I realized that there's a lot of people, including uh, my friend, uh, who try to optimize their time to do the most amount of things, which I don't think is a very good way to actually do all of the things because your time is always going to be limited. If you say, I need to study for an hour, you're that hour is that the it you can't like you can't do more in that hour or learn more in that hour because you're dedicating an hour so uh i realized that everything you do can be done faster if you optimize your performance rather than your time so i'll explain my philosophy here so when i run i did 45 minutes today so yeah i i confined it to 45 minutes but i'm not optimizing my time to work out i'm optimizing my ability to run uh, and, and run faster. So I haven't run in six months. I used to run, um, I used to do 10 K in under 50 minutes. Um, now it was two miles on half a mile off, uh, walking and then like 1.25 miles running. And then I walked for the last five minutes and it totaled out to like 45 minutes. I did four miles, but when I go next time, it's going to be 45 minutes again, but the goal is to not walk the entire time. So I run further in the 45 minutes. It's not, whereas like a lot of people, when they start running, they usually go for like a distance. Like they go, I'm going to run two miles today, which when you're training, especially for like a triathlon or a marathon or something, you don't, you do not run for distance. You run for time, especially if your goal is time. Um, marathon's a little different. Sometimes, you know, the 12, the 12, um, once you get to the, once you know you can run that far, then you run for time. Um, but uh, the same goes true, for, the same is true for like, uh, my day job, for instance, where I'm technically, I work from nine to five essentially, but it's remote. And what I do is I block out my time. Uh, so again, it's going back to time, but I'm blocking out the time to get a number of tasks completed. If all that, ta all those tasks get completed in that time frame, then I go on to work on other things. Maybe I switch over to Evergrow for half an hour and I work in there. So like I kind of mix and match things to work on. But as long as I get better at doing what I do, I can do it faster. So the time that I budget for it uh, still exists, but I have the less of it to do in that time frame, which means I can do other things in that allotted time frame. Is this making sense or am I just rambling? That makes sense. Okay. Uh, 
it's yet another thing that we think differently about. But. <laughs> it, made, it made sense when I was running. I was like, yes, this <laughs> makes sense. Because there was something else too. Like when I started cutting uh, podcast episodes, it was taking me three hours per hour. So every second I spent, it took me three seconds to edit it. And now, so like if we had an hour long podcast episode, it would take me three hours to cut it. But now if we have an hour long podcast episode, it takes me an hour and 20 minutes. Like just so much faster. I'm not even using new software. I've just gotten better at it. Yeah, I see it as that there's layers usually or multiple steps that people will hit when trying to optimize or just do better in their life. And I think that is probably one of them. I don't know the order uh, or maybe people do it in a different order than like what I've experienced. But yeah, one of them is just simply uh, optimizing the way that you're doing it because you're probably doing it inefficiently. I think that's a big one and that a lot of people can uh, improve on. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought of too, which I think you would agree with, was we allot, uh, what is it, four hours uh, to each of our clients who pay us the minimum because mm-hmm. our internal rate is 125 an hour. Uh, we don't, like, yeah, we budget based off of time, but if we can do the same amount of work in less time, we make more money in theory. So we encourage our team and ourselves to do what we do better and faster in order to mm-hmm. earn more in the same amount of time rather mm-hmm. than, you know, adding on service that just add more time, but, um, you know, add a, a respective amount of profit. So I am, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of hey you know, quit, quit focusing on blocking out your time and focus on doing things faster and better, but don't sacrifice quality at the same time. Oh, lifting is a good example. Don't lift, don't do 12 reps, do reps until your, um, your body gives out or your arms give out because if you do 12 reps and you're allotted to a specific amount of time, your form is going to get super weak. Like maybe you can't do 12 that day. Maybe you didn't have a good recovery day, but your form is going to be awful and you're not doing anything for yourself. But if you just go until, if you just optimize how you do it, you're going to see way better results and you don't necessarily have to be there for 45 minutes if your body is only going to give you 30 minutes of output. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and, I think. And I think. <laughs> I think you're making some assumptions about people's priorities and that they're focused though, because when I usually when I have those conversations with people, uh, it's very flattering, uh, to have people say, wow, like you accomplished so much. How do you do it? And then I tell them, do you know how much I don't do? Like, do you know how very specific about the things that I do not care about are like, I only care about a very select number of things throughout the day that I make extremely important. And then the other stuff is just kind of, you know, it, it doesn't get as done or done as well. So I've got the top priorities. And I, I think that's another major step that people need to like consciously focus on and determine what the most important things are that they want to do in the day. You've got 24 hours. What are you going to do? What are the big things? What are because, yeah, you can you can do it optimally and um, make the most of your time, but you can't get more time. So you have to pick the biggest things that you want to accomplish. And I actually wrote something about this. And there's an Anthony Bourdain quote that I like a lot. I pulled it up. It says, uh, uh, there's a guy inside me who wants to lay in bed and smoke weed all day and watch cartoons and old movies. I could easily do that. My whole life is a series of the stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. So I, there are a lot of things I would like to do if I allowed myself to do them, but then I wouldn't do the bigger things that I want to accomplish. So I make it harder to do those things. And it's, slowly 
I've introduced things back into my life now that I've become responsible enough to have them be available. But when I couldn't reliably trust myself to have those things without being irresponsible, very like a simple example is a TV. I went years without owning a TV because if I had a TV, I'd watch it and then I would do nothing else. Um, David Foster Wallace talked a lot about this and that's why uh, I, I can't remember the David Foster Wallace. He wrote, uh, what is it? Uh, Infinite Jest. Uh, the speech, this is, this is water. Uh, Never heard of those. <laughs> Should yeah. I have? Are they important? Yeah. Uh, Infinite Jest is incredibly dense. So no, don't, you don't have to read it. But you should definitely listen to uh, This Is Water. Like it was one of his commencement speech and it's it's really good. Um, but it is, he was brilliant. It's very thick and, but very good. Um, but he, th I think it's on Netflix. He, there's a movie about him and it, there's a part of it where he's like obsessed with TV. And that's kind of something that he had talked about was how he's not the only one. Lots of people have talked about that, right? How it just makes us zombies and we sit on a couch and stare at moving pictures and all of a sudden six hours have passed. Like, I can't remember how much the average person watches TV in a day, but it's insane. And so I, I just didn't have one forever. And then we most recently got one again. And honestly, the number one reason was uh, Japanese learning. I needed a bigger screen to be able to comfortably watch for longer time than reading subtitles. So how do you, can I, I'm going to ask you this. How do you, um, when you say you watch stuff in Japanese, uh, mm -hmm. this helps your learning of the language, right? Yeah. How, like, what is the process? Uh, I, it depends, but I will use, I always have like, the channels that I watch have subs, Japanese subs. So I have to read mm -hmm. kanji and that sort of thing. So uh, that helps me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. So you don't like, you, there's no like English element to it. Like if you don't understand it, like, well, you're just out of luck, man. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, people, I think people are lying to themselves when they say, "Oh, I I watch anime and it's I have uh, subs, not dubs, so I'm learning Japanese." I'm like you, you're just reading in English. <laughs> you're not actually learning anything. Because I wanted to do this with Spanish, but I like I don't know because my thought process was, well, maybe if I just hear it, you know, like subconsciously mm -hmm. I'll learn it. So do I just watch it in English subtitles, or do, uh, or, or like do I watch something in English with Spanish subtitles and just read the subtitles? Mm. Like, what? yeah. What what is traditional? I don't honestly don't know the optimal way, um, but I know that if you're if you're trying to listen to things that you don't understand yet, it's not really helpful. Like there's some level of benefit to it, but the best thing is listening to things that you are capable of understanding. So it's boring, but I have to watch like Peppa Pig, right, in Japanese mm. because it's dumb enough for me to <laughs> understand it with listening and reading. Um, <laughs> I was telling you like the the voice actor for Peppa Pig in Japanese is like the same voice actor for like Hisaka or something from Hunter it? Hunter. Um let me look. Um let's see Peppa Pig Japanese voice actor. Nice thing is it's all free on YouTube. It's really cool that they do that. Yeah. Um so he does um oh uh wait, he does Doctor Oh yeah, he does Hisaka and Hunter Hunter. The voice actor for Peppa Pig, the Japanese version of Peppa Pig, is Hisaka and Hunter Hunter. That's versatile. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> um, so we, I had a different topic that we were going to talk about, audience listener. Well, yeah, we weren't really but, far but, there but, without even but, getting to. But I, that. but I, I want to keep talking about this because okay. because now we've stumbled on a topic of how we optimize our time to be the most effective person and uh, or or marketer. 
and I was thinking about this today too. So it, at least I have some, some content around it because I think the single most uh, pivotal factor for me in actually growing Evergrow was uh, putting down video games. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I have tons of access to them. Like I, I still have my my PC that I built, which I'm on right now. Uh, I still have my Xbox One. Um, there was just a time where I just like set the controller down and like I just never picked it back up again. Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember exactly when that was. I think it was like right around the time we partnered because I just didn't have time to play at all. Uh, which is which is a fortunate position for me. But like, if you if you have a lot of time, we talked about this in one of our, our previous episodes where it was like, um, if you don't have a lot of time, you usually spend your time just like posting as much as you can on every single social platform out there to promote your business. But if you don't have any time, then you got to pick the one that matters to focus on. So I, I put down video games in a in a kind of a state of I don't have time to play this, and it sucks because every single day I want to play. I still watch, I watch so many like Facebook Apex videos just like man i want to jump back in and play um but i just i legit just don't have the time i could play it in the morning but then like i'm playing it and i'm like okay cool that was three hours that went by i could have worked on the podcast website i could have you know um you know wrote a blog post or or whatever and i just feel mm, shittier about myself yeah i think i don't know it feels like video games have become a different thing than what it was at least for me growing up because when I hear people talk about the number of hours they're sinking into a particular game and they do it with pride, like I don't get it. <laughs> if you spent that much time doing something else, you'd have a lot more to show for it. I and think I get. I think it comes I'm on not priorities. To shame, yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to shame them for being happy. Right? Do things that make you happy. Spend time on that. That's a good and important thing. But it's usually they wish that they had done other things too. And yeah, I was going to say that 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 was your perspective and the way that you see you viewed things. But there are also people who maybe you're going to grow an agency and then want to play video games. And to them, they're going to see playing video games is more important and prioritize that over certain parts of agency growth, something like that. And I think people will think that way and experience that way. And if if you know that you're going to be that person. You need to get rid of your distraction. Like I had to get rid of consoles because I knew I couldn't be trusted to have them. I still don't have any. Uh, I if if I do want to play any sort of game, I have to do it on Android because I have to be a casual. Like I, I can't be allowed to get too serious about games because I'll go too deep. So I um yeah, I was the same. I even took my phone and I turned it to black and white to reduce the color on it because there was some biohacking thing that like your brain loves color. And so if it's black and white, you're less, you're less likely to, um, to, to look at it, but it's, it's since back then. And my phone still distracts me quite a bit. And so does just Facebook in general, but it's, uh, fortunately my Facebook feed is nothing but SEO groups and lawn care groups. So it's like I'm distracting myself, but at the same time, marketing and promoting either the podcast or Evergrow marketing. And, but as, as far as like video games, like I tell Lauren all the time, like I, I wish I could play like right now, um, and like and like link back up with my old my old friends because some of them still play but uh it's kind of sometimes lonely because i remember used to just i used to just get on and like with you know with the guys like the same four guys and we would just play gears of war lobbies all day maybe like there's only two other guys and we would play apex um or uh fortnite that was a big one for us but then like i just stopped showing up 
stop getting online and like we even had a group chat on facebook and i would be like yeah yeah i'm gonna jump on today and like i just i didn't because <laughs> it was like we had something come in like a, a client said something and i had to handle it and it was uh, very defeating but i think my outlook on life kind of changed quite a bit too when i realized that my priorities were with growing a business and being successful like i want to be 40 and just playing video games all the time mm -hmm. because I, I built that for me and i can do that because they make me happy um I had another thing I was going to say to take it in a different direction, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but I, I don't know. That's the hardest, that's the hardest thing I think is, is breaking away from your distractions and figuring out what's important for you on, on, uh, managing your time. Mm. But, uh, TV, we don't, we don't want to watch TV very much. Uh, when Lauren comes home, like my time with her is we make food and then we go downstairs and we watch like two episodes of something usually like 45 minute episodes so about two hours we consume about two hours of tv but it's also like our time together and on the days we don't watch tv we go out like maybe friday night or saturday night and that is just kind of our i'm kind of like double dipping into relationship time and in tv time but honestly if if it if we didn't watch tv and we did something else like i don't know we went ice skating or something i wouldn't care tv is not important for me it's just a it's just a thing there we did start watching mythic quest though on apple tv i have no idea what that is Oh my god, it's so funny. So, are you familiar with Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Like maybe a couple episodes, but no, first of uh, all, first of all, you should watch it. Um, <laughs> second is uh, it's like one of our favorite shows of all time. But Rob McElhaney, who is one of the writers and producers, he has his own show called Mythic Quest on Apple TV, and then their podcast, the Always Sunny podcast, they talk about it a lot, uh, well, a fair amount. So we decided to get a free trial of Apple TV, which, by the way. The free trial of Apple TV is three months, like cool. three months of free Apple TV, no credit card required. So, well, I don't know. Lauren signed into her Apple accounts, maybe a little charger, but I've never seen a free trial last that long. Usually it's like seven or 14 days. Yep. That's insane. So anyways, we started watching it and it's very addicting. It's basically a video game developer agency uh, uh, and like the office life of that. It's kind of like the office, but like and like a giant video game developer. Um, they're building a game that's like similar to World of Warcraft kind of, but, uh, it's, it's incredibly funny and <laughs> it's on topic for what things that I love, which is video games. I think, uh, something that we did very recently was we got a couch, which is yet another thing that we did not have for a very long time, years. And technically I guess it's a love seat, so it's not really big enough to completely lay down on if you want to sleep as people do on like a three wide couch think of the cushions you know what i mean where you got like there's three or like two and if there's two it's like a love seat but if you have three then it's like a full-blown couch this is how it goes on my head i don't know if that is actually aligns up <laughs> with reality uh well no because a lot of modern couches just have two cushions but they're, oh, big. they're, just they're, they're wide. like yeah they're, they're okay big. okay well it's not that it's just smaller and for me it doesn't again uh like the reason I didn't have a couch for the longest time is because I would sit on it and then do nothing and be a potato. <laughs> and uh, we we got this one and I haven't really used it, to be honest. And I'm probably not going to it's just because I took the time to develop the like habits of not doing that sort of thing. Jenny loves it. She works on it, though. That's the other thing is she sits down and she has her computer and she sits there and works. I can't because of my uh, wrist at this point. But the other thing that we were joking about is if we have people over and they're looking around, they're going to be very unimpressed with the sort of living room that we've set up. And that's because uh, I, I really like the saying you built with your money and you show your priorities where you are with, with your money. And if you do a tour of the house, they'll be like, okay, um, 
everything secondhand living room. <laughs> very cheap, <laughs> very expensive. Go to our offices. This is very clearly the most expensive place in the house. <laughs> and on both sides, like everything. Um, and in fact, her dad, when her dad came over and saw my setup, he sent, uh, sent me an email later saying like, hey, I want I want that. <laughs> How do I set up my desk uh, the way that you have it set up? Because I want to have that level of productivity. Basically. I think it's funny when relatives like send you an email like <laughs> like, <laughs> like your girlfriend's dad sends you an email. It's just like it's very like, I don't know, <laughs> it's just very formal. Yeah. Well, I inferred that too because he's he sent it to both of us and Jenny has a cool setup too. But hers is mine is more uh, well, it looks more industrial. She's got the Mac thing with mm -hmm. the designer the, feel. The and, minimalist. Yeah, yeah. And mine's cords and yeah, a hot mess in some ways, but very uh, productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My my office is probably the most expensive room in this house too. Mm -hmm. But it's very loungy. Um, but I'm also like a techie person too. So I just really love this. And I'm, I'm here every day. I'm, I'm here. I'm in my office at... 6 30 a.m every day all the way until like 7 p.m and then sometimes i'm again back in it at 9 p.m until like 10 or 10 30. so yep. i it's very important to me that my office and my space is very comfortable or else it's yeah. just very stress inducing yeah i think people you work from home you should sink time and money well you're you're sinking time into wherever your office is so you should sink money there because that's where you spend the bulk of your time well i'm gonna start sinking money into our um our fitness room. We've got a room that's planned out to be our fitness room, and uh, I want to get a treadmill in there. I've already got a Peloton bike in there, but then I also want to get that tonal like gym, that the cable machine uh, gym in there. Oh yeah, I've that, seen that. That mounts to the the wall uh, because it took me thirteen, well technically fifteen minutes to get to the gym this morning and back. That's thirty minutes just gone. That's an entire workout right there. Mm -hmm. Like just in just in commute time. But like if I, I have commute time. yeah, if I have this gym in here. Like I literally just like hop over there, run on the treadmill for 45 minutes. And then so my 45 minute workout turned into like two hours because I had to travel and then I had to change. And then, you know, yeah, just another thing about optimizing the time that I need to invest in a little bit in order to get a little more back mm -hmm. from eliminating that commute time. Yeah, I listened to uh, the Tropical NBA. They recently had an episode where they're talking about digital nomad cities. And it made me think a little bit about Iowa City. And I wanted to, I was talking to Jenny about it. And I said, I think Iowa City is a very cool place because it's so compact that if you want to focus on something, you have everything that you need in a very small circumference <laughs> as far as a city goes. So you're not really allowed to waste a lot of time uh, like commuting or, I mean, I guess if you're going to live in Cedar Rapids, that's the big thing is the Cedar Rapids and uh their commuters between the two cities. But if you live here and you work here, then you can be extremely efficient on working and productive on working towards a particular goal, whatever that is. Of course, there's the college and the hospitals. And that's the biggest thing here. But, um, you know, if you're self-driven, then I think you can be super focused in this place. For those of you who don't know, if, if you've got a major medical emergency, you're getting flown to Iowa City if you're in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the number one employer. More really? than anybody else. Wait, oh, just in Iowa City. No, in Iowa. No, wait, even more than John Deere? Let me Google it. I'll double I'll fact check this. <clears throat> I think you're wrong. Biggest employers in Iowa. What what do you want to trust? What's the the source of truth? 
uh, I don't know, Indeed, Glassdoor. What, I mean, what, what are the options? Oh, Iowa.gov. Maybe that's All right, that, that'll work. Oh, that doesn't count. This is West Des Moines. Mm, no. Yeah, we need to. Um... Uh, All right, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back with the answer. One minute, 37 seconds later. Hey, everybody, we're back with the answer, and I found it. <clears throat> well, according to Statista.com, uh, High V is the number one employer with around 85,000 people, and Rockwell Collins is the second largest with 29,000 people. I'm a liar, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're not a liar, just wrong. <laughs> to be, okay, okay, so where does... Who's, who's the rest? Okay, who's... so I want to see if... Dude, oh, University of Iowa Hospital Clinics, they're number uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. They're number 13. Wait. Yeah, because so we, then we have Casey's. We have Casey's after that, which is 18,000. Uh, the Merrill Company, 15,000. Principal Financial four, Group, mm-hmm. five. Uh, 14,000 or 15,000. Pioneer Hybrid International, 12,000. H&I, don't know what that is, 9,400. Oh, oh University sure. of Iowa, 9,250. So this is actually, which one is that? Eighth? Eighth, yeah. Because they also have University of Iowa Hospital Clinics, and that's 76. So if you combine those two, then they're like number three. Yeah, okay. That's what I was thinking. That's what they say when they're like, when you do the hospital with the college, that it becomes. Mm-hmm. Pella is 6,000. In, Pella's in, huge. You may, you may or may not have done their ads. <laughs> uh, I can say that now. It's oh, okay. been long enough. I'm pretty can you sure. say how much you they spent in ads? Uh, hold on. Let me fact well, check and make sure spy, that I'm allowed to. Spy Fu can. Spy, spy Fu can tell them. <laughs> I think it was, I can't remember if it was a year or two years. I think it was a year. I think they only had a year. I'm gonna shut up anyway, just to be safe. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It may or may, may not may or may not have been seven figures. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, people Cody. know how how big of the company is. They're, they've got what six six thousand people employed in Iowa. Here's the thing: They're, Pella had enough money to put a gag order on Cody for not telling people <laughs> how much they spend on that. That wasn't Pella. That was <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> previous agency. Um. I think that's all that's all i had I, this wasn't even a topic we planned for it was just something that kind of sprouted you have to listen, yeah you have to listen to the next episode to see what we're actually going to talk about i feel so. feel kind of uh like i wasn't very focused like i gotta i gotta come to the table with a more organized thought process but maybe I, people i like sense that a little early on but i that's okay <laughs> i feel like i i feel like i brought it back i i you know i you know i didn't just go running in the morning just to you know because I wanted to, I, I did it so I could focus on the rest of the day and start my uh, something, something Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very, very guru. Good job. Mm-hmm. Do that. Keep mm-hmm. it up. No, uh, one of these days when people care enough about us that I, we can do a morning routine video and like ours will be so vastly different. Yeah, they'll be disappointed. <laughs> like, what do you do, Cody? I'll be like, I get, I wake up and I work. <laughs> within, within. Five minutes of waking up, and I'm, I'm at my desk. Yeah, but so if I develop a routine of actually working out in the morning, then it'd be cool because then I'd say I can I work out in the morning. I come I home, meditate, I shower. I no, well, and... I'll probably go through my whole face routine because I've got like five different things to put on my face, <laughs> and then uh, make coffee. In the face of a baby. Yeah, I do though. I'm 29, but I look like I'm mm, 26. People want that. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know it is. It, once you get to a certain age, it's a good thing. But if you're like 21, someone says, "Wow, you look like you're 28." That's not a good thing. Oh wait, no, yeah. other way around. Other way around. If, if someone, if you're 21 and someone says you look like you're 17, then people get offended. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to us rant about this non-planned topic. Uh, we'll see you next episode. Yeah. See you.